0: So let's just pray that we just settle our hearts um, again as we come to God's Word. Father, we thank you Lord for your blessings that are new every single day. For your mercy, Lord, that you've poured into our lives this morning already. Thank you for the testimony we've heard already of your goodness and your faithfulness over over so many lives lord and that's just a snapshot lord, of what you're doing um in, in us and so father we want to pray Lord. we come to your word father we pray that you would speak and um, to us through it father just soften our hearts yes. lord make us ready to receive from you and we, father we pray lord god is what what, we, what i'm going to share in the moment father that we would just know lord god that your presence is among us just we've just brought the offering here we would just give thanks to god for for um, what folks have given. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given to us. And, Lord, we give back to you because of what you've given to us so abundantly. And, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for this Often we pray prayer be you, Lord, for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom here in Chester. We pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Before Easter, we finished the book of James and we covered um, some of the points actually really quite quickly, and instead I said at the time, there's stuff I really want to go into a lot more detail about. So over the next, I guess, five weeks or so, we'll see how that goes, um, I want to look at the huge subject of prayer. Based on just two verses, in fact one and a half verses from James chapter 5, Second part of verse 16, and then, it is, and then verse 17. So if you turn to your Bibles there, James 5, 16 and 17, it says this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years again he prayed and the heavens give rain and the earth produce its crops i want to put a little disclaimer here as we just get into this little mini series on prayer this disclaimer is that if you can grasp the truth of these verses it will change your life so let's have a look the examples that James uses here is that of Elijah, we told this story last time I spoke on this, but Elijah's name is not mentioned here because of some special, because of his special prophetic gifting, though of course he had one. It's not actually mentioned even because of his unique place in history, though it was definitely unique. He is mentioned here because he was human. That simple. He was a human being. And the point that James is trying to make here is that Elijah was a man just like you and me. Man, of course, is man and woman, in case you're getting left out, did he? Okay, it includes you as well. So, a man just like you and me, he's not perfect. In fact, just before the victory on Mount Carmel, Elijah becomes afraid, he becomes discouraged. He actually runs away. Now that's something that I would do. Maybe you could identify with him as well. But James, I want you to understand that the power that comes through prayer is for everyone who sincerely follows Jesus. It's not just for a special few and God's promise to answer prayer is for everyone who will humbly call upon the name of the Lord. That includes you. The evangelist, J. John, tells a story about a trip that he went when he went to India a number of years ago. And shortly after he arrived there, he heard about a saintly lady called Sister Teresa, not Mother Teresa, another one. And he was also told that she had a powerful gift of word of knowledge. So J. John met her and he asked her if she had a word for him. However, she just turned around and she walked away. He thought he'd pretty much offended her, but an hour or so later he comes back and she gives him a list of 13 items, some of which were so amazing because of their accuracy they just spoke into areas within within his life and he just taken back. But then she ends with these unforgettable words. God likes your company. And he asked that you give him two hours of your time every day. That's all. Goodbye. She walked away. And J. John took her seriously, and he said he has never been in the same again, and perhaps explains in part one of the reasons why he's maybe one of the greatest evangelists alive today. But the fact that God loves your company is the most incredible and the most thrilling thing. He wants to spend time with you. And some of you are already thinking, well that's okay for somebody like J. John, or maybe somebody like the prophet Elijah, it's okay, or even for Heidi Baker with a great ministry in Moses. It's okay for these sort of people. Surely God's not interested in, in me. And we tend to compare our relationships, our human Relationship to that of a relationship with with god and and talk to remember conversations we have with people and we we know have you ever had somebody people something and you just know they are bored out of their place over completely and you know you've completely lost them and you sort of feel a little bit i guess rejected actually I, you know i hate I keep wasting people's time. I I keep bothering people. I don't want to be a nuisance to anybody, but the problem with that way of thinking is we can we can it's so easy for us to carry those attitudes into our relationship with God. Particularly when it comes to prayer. Sometimes we just think we are wasting God's time when we pray. Listen, that is rubbish. Complete and utter rubbish. God like your company, yes you. Whatever your background, whatever your nationality, rich or poor, you are valued by your Heavenly Father. Because when it comes to God, we are all on level ground, whoever you are. God will listen. He will take on your case as if you are the most important person who has ever lived. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ gives you equal access into the presence of God. Since Augustine put it like this, God loves every person as if there was no one else to love. But many of you don't really believe that. But listen, God does not have favourites and you come before your Father in heaven on exactly the same basis as J. John or the Archbishop of Canterbury or for that matter the Queen or the Prime Minister or the President or the Pope. The same blood that purchased Peter and Paul's salvation. I'm not with the apostles, but it could equally apply to Peter and Paul here in this room today. The same blood that purchased their salvation purchased yours and mine. Amen. God is no respecter of persons, And if you think for a moment that you are less acceptable to God, you have got no idea how wrong you are. You really haven't. So why pray? Because God likes like your company. And if you have any doubt about that, read Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 7. Isaiah prophesied, he described a servant who said he set his face like flint to determinedly endure suffering. The previous verse of Isaiah in verse 6 it says, tells about the suffering. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking or spitting because the sovereign Lord helped me. And if you've been around church for any length of time or even just been through one excerpt you will understand that, that is talking about Jesus. This is part of a prophetic scripture that points to Jesus suffering and as we heard last week Jesus' determination to follow through on the events that would lead to his death and his resurrection are very clearly um, emphasized in the gospel. If you want to hear that coverage, listen to last week's podcast. It's not online yet. It will be online. Will be this week very soon. But Rob we'll had to say that it was just amazing and so exciting. But that determination and that composure of God's sin, of God's Son started a long time before His death prophesied in the Old Testament. In fact, he said very clearly throughout his public ministry as he chose to do the will of God, knowing that it was going to be pain and shame and ridicule and misunderstanding and abandonment and loneliness. He was nailed to a cross and he faced multiple insults. And as people looked upon him, all they saw was shame. Yes, this was the supreme glory of the Son of God, our Saviour. And this is the point. He suffered this glorious shame for you and for me by humbling himself to death on the cross. And all of this was because he loved you. Because your Father, God, likes your company. That's the first reason why you I could stop there. That's enough, (laughs) is it not? God likes your company. There's another reason. Secondly, why pray we get access to the supreme power of this universe? You know, it's almost unbelievable to think that the creator God who flung billions of stars into space, the vastness of which is almost immeasurable, and then at the same time he's doing microscopic organisms that are so tiny that it's impossible for the human eye even to, to see them. He's the same God that countless angels in heaven worship every second of the day, as they say, day and night. Of course, there is no night in heaven every day and day and day, and for all of eternity they worship the one who is glorious beyond our understanding. And he welcomes you into his presence. He desires your company because you are important to him. And as you pray, you have access to the only one who can make things happen. The one and the only true God. Jeremiah 32 verse 17 says, Ah, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. And that problem that you're facing at work, nothing is too hard for God. That situation where you're facing with your family, nothing is too hard for God. Whatever you're facing at the moment, no matter how difficult you think it's impossible, this is nothing, nothing is too hard for him. So why pray? To God. He's jealous that you spend time with him, but also prayer gives you the privilege and access into the ultimate power. God can make anything happen. He can heal. He can solve that that He can solve that problem. He can, he can take any situation on, He can change your financial situation, He can open doors, He can cause everything that has happened in the past, whether it's right or wrong, good or bad. He can bring it all together for your good. Isaiah 8.28 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is what God does. God is in the business of doing this sort of thing. If God has a job description, this is the only job description. This is what God does. Prayer gives you access to this god and he loves you as much as he loves moses or abraham or david he loves you as much as he loves jesus in fact psalm 411 no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless in other words being a christian transcends your background, your culture, your abilities, your social and political status. It gives you access to the God of the Bible. You, by prayer, have access to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. So never underestimate it. Never think that this is true of others that couldn't possibly be true of me. No one is more important to God than you. And you just as you are, have access to the greatest power that the earth has ever seen because you and I are a child of God, we are sons and daughters of the King and we have complete access into His presence because of Jesus because of the blood that was shed for each and every one we have come to Him by faith. This is why prayer is important, this is why prayer calls him such a privilege, such an honor the greatest we will ever have and this is why prayer is important. And as you pray, you plead Almighty God by your faith. He nothing gives God greater pleasure than to reward those who seek him. And John went even further, he says this. That God does nothing but in answer to prayer. God does nothing but in answer to prayer. I'm not sure if that is entirely true because God is God and can do whatever He wants. He can work however He chooses. I do believe that God is sovereign and He works all things out according to His purposes. He's not dependent on us, not even for a moment, but God chooses, this is God chooses to use your prayers. I understand the, the theology behind that, but God chooses to, that's the way God works, He chooses to use your prayers. Remember James chapter 4 verse 3? We don't have because we don't ask. And real things happen in ancestor prayers. Would that happen if we didn't pray? I can remember us talking about that, that probably a number of weeks back? Yes, yeah, that real things happen in ancestors. Would never happen if we hadn't prayed. I wonder if we could believe it. It's exactly the same thing, a very similar thing to what John Wesley is, is saying. Because you pray, things happen that would never have happened if you hadn't prayed. And the truth is that prayer moves the heart of God. And as the Holy Spirit puts situations and people on our hearts and you begin to pray, you can choose to believe that when you pray what is on your heart, it is also on His heart. And that it is His heart that is moving you to pray. We need to pray. Third reason why we pray. Prayer helps us to get to know God. R.T. Kendall in his book on prayer, he says it's perhaps the most important thing that prayer does for you. He's an example of Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. There it says, the Lord would speak to Moses to face as one speaks to a friend. That's remarkable isn't But even more than that, God tells Moses that he is pleased with him, but listen to how Moses responds to that. He says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and I may continue to find favour with you. And I've asked myself, how would I respond to such a question? I'm going to ask the same question to you. How would you respond if God said to you, I am pleased with you? And as a result of that, I'm going to give you anything you want. You can ask me for absolutely anything, what would you ask for? For peace. That would be okay, wouldn't it? About a million pounds, I could certainly spend that. Um, Good help. I don't know, what what would you ask for? I I, I want to be spiritual, I I guess I could ask if God gives me greater power in my preaching. But without without hesitation, Moses asked, Teach me your ways. He doesn't finish there. So I may know you and continue to find favour with you. And Moses' response shows us how well he knows God already and perhaps how little I know him. I would never have thought of asking for that. See, the most important thing that prayer does for you is to help you to know God and his will. Sometimes I think Rachel, my wife, knows me too well. She knows pretty much how I will react in any given situation, she knows my mood. She even knows what I'm going to order in a restaurant pretty much to be black-back. I could probably order for her as well, in know, obviously. But the reason, the reason why she knows my ways is because of the amount of time that we spend together. And God wants you to know His ways. Isaiah 55, 8 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And listen, if you want to know the ways of God, you've got to be spending time with Him. You've got to be getting to know Him, because His ways are not your ways. And If you want to just know your ways, you stay away from God. But if you want to know God's ways, you get to know God. Yes. And that comes through prayer when we spend time with someone you get to know them individually you find about their likes and their dislikes and so it is with god and time spent with god in prayer will open up His ways. in fact in a way in which reading books or even learning theology or listening to worship music or great preaching just cannot do just all of these things are important but spending time with god in prayer will get you to know the true God in a way in which these things simply can't. There's no substitute for prayer to know the way of God. There's a danger I want to just quickly highlight and be coming over legalistic in regard to the time we spend in prayer. We need to be very careful that we, we don't end up pointing the finger at other people just because we don't think they pray enough. That we end up actually becoming proud and becoming self-righteous. But listen, knowing God well through prayer should and will do the very opposite. Because if you get to know God well, then He will deal with your pride, He will deal with your self-righteousness, and He will change you. This must, prayer must never become a religious activity. This is about relationships. I know we all live busy lives with different times each day we can spend with God in prayer but remember you cannot outgive God when it comes to your money or your service nor can you spend too much time with him and it's so important that you spend time waiting on God with your bible perhaps with a notebook in hand make it something that you do regularly as often as you possibly can i would suggest for as long as you possibly can i promise you it will make a difference and god will receive his way pray. to you fourth thought is this why pray prayer will change you when you became a christian god changed your life through simple prayer True? Yes. You were born again by the Holy Spirit. But well, that first prayer of repentance and faith was the beginning of many. But the conversation didn't go like this. It. it didn't go like this. It wasn't nice to meet you God. I'll see you in heaven one day. Bye for now. <laughs> it should never go like that. <laughs> Instead it began a relationship. It began an ongoing change within your life, and it's through prayer that the Bible becomes alive that you begin to seek insight into the Word of God, but also also into yourself. And The longer I've been a Christian, the more time I spend in prayer and in scripture, the more I am realising how much God still needs to change me. But His love and His compassion for you and for me is so great that He slowly reveals those faults. That not one of us could cope with seeing everything at one go. And God graciously and mercifully reveals what He needs to deal with in that moment, that particular time. That means that we are never going to stop burning, we are never going to stop growing as long as we live. And the more time that we spend with God in prayer, the more you will understand yourself, and the more you're going to be changed. But also, it should give you a greater anticipation and excitement as you spend time with God. You get up in the morning and thinking, as you come to prayer, God, what are you going to reveal to me today? But what's going to show about, yourself, about myself, Bible? About what's going to reveal in my heart? What revelation is going to speak to me about in your words today? Now don't get me wrong, that doesn't happen every day. Some days I read the Bible, I feel nothing when I pray. There seems to be a step, no sense of God's presence. Sometimes God can seem far away as we pray. That's the reality of things. There are seasons in our lives when God seems to hide his face when scripture can seem dry, but listen, God has a purpose even in those dry seasons. And many times he permits difficulty in our families, in our churches, in our cities, in our nation in order to prepare us to make us more thirsty for him. But there are many other times when his presence is strong, when he speaks powerfully But if we seek God only when we feel good, only when we feel like it, first of all, we probably are not going to be praying very much. Secondly, we are going to be missing out on everything that God has got in store for us. Spend as much time in prayer as you can. It will change you. People will like you more. You will like yourself more you will like other people more and you will love the bible more i guarantee it so if you haven't tried it begin to pray The thing is this prayer teaches you to depend on god if you remember the story of elijah it was a very dry season in his life in fact, there's three and a half years of drought, it was just miserable for me. He was probably absolutely frustrated, wondering what God was doing in the whole situation. But God doesn't give Elijah a telephone for the group for a takeaway order or phone in some pizza. He could have, I guess. Must, Elijah gets the very next best thing. So I'm sure Elijah didn't agree, that, agree with that. The Lord said, you are going to depend on me. And I'm going to use a method that is unfamiliar to you. I'm going to use one of those birds that you hate, those birds that, that, are, that are you call unclean. For so people of Israel, normally kept their distance away from raisins, yet this was precisely the bird that God uses to bring bread and to bring meat to Elijah. And he had this direct food service sent by God and he learned to wait and to depend on God. If you're going, if you're if you're going to be used by God, you must depend on Him. As Elijah had learned to depend on Him, and I believe that prayer is the key to learning this. But also, this is also the key to revival. And what the Bible and what history seems to teach us is that we must first learn to depend on him fully before the fire of God's glory will fall from heaven. Certainly true of the story of Elijah, three and a half years of drought, everything seems to be nothing happening whatsoever. But yet, as as Elijah waited and learned to wait and depend upon God in the firestorms, after a period of waiting, fell from heaven and just changed everything. And nation was saved in one day because God's glory comes from heaven. It was true of Elijah. It's also true of Evan Roberts, the guy who headed off the Welsh revival. And over these next few weeks as we talk about prayer, each week I wanted to share some stories just to stir you that excites you of what is possible within our nation once again so I want to just look at the wealth revival just very quickly this morning but I want you to get excited not just to pray for our family that's great, not just to pray for ourselves that's great, not just to pray for our church that's great, let's pray for our nation let's expect God to be something incredible in our generation once again So, Evan Roberts was a man of prayer and, and through him the whole world was impacted with the revival that spread across Wales in 1905 from being a young man he prayed these are the words that he used some time after the revival began he said I said to myself I will have the spirit for 10 or 11 years I have prayed for revival I would sit up all night to read and to talk about revival, it was the spirit who moved me to think about revival. So Evan, he gave himself to prayer and to intercession, so much so that by the time he was 21, this man younger folks among us, 21, he was known as a mystical lunatic. He would wake up every night at 1 a.m. to be as described, taken up into divine fellowship and he would continue to pray until 5 a.m. when he would fall back to sleep for 4 hours. Then he would wake up again at 9 a.m. and pray for a further 3 hours until noon. You wonder why God used him. God heard his prayers and God poured out fire from heaven account of what happened in those, place in those days in that Welsh revival. Just after 11 o'clock one Wednesday evening a solo voice ran out with a beautiful Welsh hymn, Here is love vast as the ocean. Maybe a thousand people were in his chapel at that time Leaning over the galleries, packing every pew and squeezing into every spare corner, they had been here for more than four hours in a service of intense emotions. Meeting like, meetings like this were taking place all across Wales, night after night, with fervent prayer and passionate singing and a similar disregard for the clock. They were both excited and appalled. Many were less puzzled and some were frightened. But it is thought that through that move of God, in a space of about nine months, over 150,000 people have made new commitments to Jesus Christ. Whole communities were changed as men and women found themselves drawn into a powerful experience of God. It's described how sporting events were cancelled, how bars were closed, and the spark from this revival that would ignite fire in more than a dozen other countries. So why pray? We need another move of God again. And maybe, maybe. Their sovereign Lord will pour out holy fire from heaven once again. Now I cannot guarantee if you take this prayer, this call to prayer, I cannot guarantee that God is going to move in our city or in our nation in such a way. But one thing is certain, if you do not pray, nothing will happen. But if you pray, maybe, just maybe God would awaken our country, awaken our city once again. And for I for one, I'm prepared to take John Webb's statement seriously, that God does nothing but in answer to prayer. We need to pray. We need to pray. You see, God like your company. And as you pray, you get to know the one true God, the one who is powerful, the one who can bring change, the one who answers prayer. And you will be changed. Mm-hmm. And God made send the Bible to our land again. Just together. My desire in the next few weeks is to challenge myself and to challenge you to pray. I know you pray, I know many of you, I know you spend much time in prayer, some of you, a lot of time in prayer. But my challenge to us as a family, as a church together, is to make commitments before God to pray. Next week I'm going to look at what it is to be a righteous man or woman of prayer at some point in a couple of weeks I want to just go through some structures and just give some ideas of what it looks like to spend time with God in prayer individually just to encourage us to do some things but for today I want to just pray that in the moment invite the Holy Spirit to come and just to change our hearts because it's the Holy Spirit ultimately who will provoke us, who will draw us into the presence of God that we first, we will put on our hearts, and will stop our hearts to be those men and women of prayer that we need to be. And the time will guarantee if you commit, whether it be half an hour or an hour, or whatever it is, to God in prayer each day, you're going to begin to see God change your mind. guarantee you. Father, I pray now, please Just come and just rest on hearts here. Lord, I pray, Father, that Lord, we, we just say, Lord God, that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So listen, if you're feeling condemnation at the moment, that is not God. At the end, it may try to speak lies into your heart. You just we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not ever been conviction. Mm. But with conviction, it's for our good, it's for our blessing. That we have drawn closer to our Father in Heaven. I pray, Holy Spirit, you come upon our hearts and soften our hearts to receive. Father, as we receive this word, we've heard it, but I pray that we implant it into our hearts. Father, that we would just begin to understand how much how much you love our company? How much you love our company? I just think that what God is going to be saying to, to some of us here is simply this: I Think God is saying that I've missed you. I've really missed you. I'm here for you. Isn't that? you think that I've left you? You are wrong because I'm waiting. Really. And I'm, I want you to come. I want and love to spend time with you. And I pray that i you first. Just put it upon us. Give us that desire. That desire to spend time with that Father in heaven. We pray that in the precious name of Jesus. The blood that has cleansed us. The blood that has set us free. The blood that breaks every human in our life we pray, Father God, that you would come and you would just take hold of us. Yes, For your glory and for your honor, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.